Seven minutes after 11 o'clock. I'm chuckling because the Babylon Bee has a headline. Democrats warn that Republicans plan to steal the election by blocking Democrat efforts to steal the election. Oh, Lord, I don't know how they do it. Uh, Washington, D.C. Democrats have issued a dire warning to the American people that Republicans will steal the election in 2022. 2022. Uh, by blocking the Democrat efforts to steal the election. Republicans want to destroy our democracy by stealing the election just like Hitler, said Nancy Pelosi in a speech supporting the Voting Rights Act. If Republicans are not stopped, they will block all our noble efforts to steal the election <laughs> for ourselves because Republicans are racist and want to bring uh, back Jim Crow. We cannot allow that. Uh, it, it, it's apparently dated, but it was funny. Thought I would pass that on. More good news uh, about uh, mutant COVID nineteen. I know you're 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 really interested in um, all these uh, new developments. Good news, Brian, that there's a Chinese lab that has managed to craft a mutant COVID nineteen strain with a one hundred percent kill rate in humanized mice. Hmm, it sounds perfectly safe. Surprisingly rapid death. <laughs> Man, I'm glad they're doing this. You know, just think how much more exciting life will be when, yeah. when, when this gets loose. What do uh, you think about, you know, these virologists that tamper with uh, viruses and try to make them more potent? I mean, what, what, I understand they want to prevent the next one from coming out and becoming dangerous. But it just seems like, you know, you shouldn't be, there's some things you just shouldn't mess with. And this is one of them. <laughs> you know, if they're going to tap into the side of a volcano. Yeah, I know. It's if they're just gonna like that. I think we'll... Seed the sky. Yes, so that you, that's know. another one. Just leave it alone. Ah, Yeah, I don't disagree. And to know that, you know, we as taxpayers funded this research. <laughs> that's even worse. Oh. Wait, we paid to make ourselves sick? Okay, yeah, yeah, that was smart, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Oh, I... I and, and it is ridiculous. It just, it isn't necessary. In a, in a Wuhan-esque study, Chinese scientists are experimenting with a mutant COVID-19 strain that is 100% lethal to humanized mice. The deadly virus known as GX underscore PT, P2V hyphen. Yeah, everybody will remember that, right? They've already forgotten it. Attack the brains of mice that were engineered to reflect genetic makeup of uh, similar to people, according to a study shared last week out of Beijing. This underscores a spillover risk of uh, this GX P2V into humans and provides a unique model for understanding the pathogenic mechanisms of SARS-CoV-2-related uh, viruses. The deadly virus is a mutated version of uh, another virus whose name is just letters and numbers. A coronavirus cousin that was reportedly discovered in Malaysian uh, pangolins in 2017. Well... 
I hope the people that are working on this mutant virus are masked. That's all I'm going to say about oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will feel much safer. <laughs> much safer. Well, you know, if, if, and here's what I, I seriously think. I believe that China is looking for something like this. And I think they're looking for a cure for this. They can find a cure for this and then turn it loose. Everybody dies but them. And I and I think, you know, and this is the problem with progressivism at its extreme, which is communism. Problem with it is uh, they don't care about anybody else but themselves. They they just they don't care. How crazy is this? You remember that commercial where uh, somebody tastes what they think is butter and it turns out to be margarine, and this uh, woman comes out as Mother Nature. It's not uh, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Well, I think it's not nice to screw with Mother Nature myself, and I think these people could literally wipe out the planet. But I think they're trying to come up with a weapon, a bio-weapon. Let me go to the phones. Uh, Quentin, good morning. Hey, good morning. We're, we're safe. Oh? The, the cure is sitting in the White House. Really? He doesn't have the brain. Oh, I see. So even if he gets the virus, it won't affect him because there's nothing to affect. Correct. <laughs> okay. Quentin, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I don't know. I don't feel any safer after that comment, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, neither do I. Just saying. All right. As promised, um, the interest payments... We talked yesterday uh, pretty uh, extensively about the national debt, the $34 trillion, and what's driving the debt. One of the big budget items that is uh, driving the debt is servicing the debt. And it seems that we don't do much in the way of paying down principal. We just keep paying off interest. Um, and, and, and because the debt continues to escalate and the interest rates have been raised... Uh, it gets more and more challenging to pay all the bills and pay the interest. If the United States fails to pay the interest, the country is done. We're, then we're toast. Then Armageddon happens, and I talked about that yesterday. What happens? Uh, you, you can't get gasoline. The grocery stores are open. Law enforcement aren't working. Nobody is around. Uh, you got to eat the food you grow, and uh, you got to keep a gun with a lot of ammo, maybe a lot of guns. Uh, because the roving band of hungry people are going to be looking to steal whatever it is you've got. So they, the Daily Wire uh, has this piece. They, they looked at uh, the interest payment. And they, they tried to calculate what it would take. Because you, know, you always hear the Democrats say, oh, we're going to go after those rich, uh, rich people, the billionaires, make them pay. So they calculated out the estimated net worth of billionaires in the United States. Uh, the combined net worth of the most prominent billionaires in the United States. This would be taking every, every uh, uh, dime 
that Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Ken Griffin, Mark Cuban, Ray Dalio, uh, George Soros, you put all of their money together, all of their wealth together, you come up with $726 billion. It's funny they didn't put Bloomberg's name in this thing. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Did you notice that? Yeah. But uh, they were so close, you know? Because yeah, maybe the, if they, the interest on the national debt is at 730, and we almost got there. Oh, so close and yet so far. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, if, if they threw Bloomberg's money in, along with all the rest, they'd be able to do it. That's true. But then there's a problem, Brian, because ne then these people don't have any money to invest. They, they don't have any money left. They're broke. So they can't, you know, buy IPOs, drive stock market prices up. Uh, and, and you need that money in order to create new products and goods and services. So you take all their money, you could pay down, the, you pay off the, that's the interest. That's not <laughs> yeah, the that's principal. Just the interest. That's just the interest. Uh, and then the economy crashes because there's no money in the market. <laughs> no money to create new products. <sighs> Gotta love big government. Uh, do I have time to go to the phones? Because yeah, I'm running sure a little do. long. Uh -huh. All right. Herb, good morning. Uh, yes, I got myself into a big financial pickle with the IRS way back in 01, and everybody recommended that I declare bankruptcy. Uh, so I did. I managed to save my house and my truck and all my tools and equipment. And I went back to work with no credit whatsoever, but I had the ability to earn over and over and above my expenses, and I found out I didn't need credit. Okay? I, you know, I paid my bills as I went. The next thing I know, I had a surplus. And uh, there's, there's maybe a lot to be said about going ahead and default on the debt, because when you collect interest, you assume a risk, correct? That's part of the deal? Yeah. Okay. So those who bought bonds and whatever it is that supposedly secures the good faith and credit of the United States, if they were to lose because we defaulted on the debt, it just sucks to be them. And since we have natural resources and a workforce and we have energy, we'd be right back on our feet without having debt. Is that correct? Well, there are more um, pathologies that will develop if the if the currency collapses, because it isn't just those people who have uh, purchased our debt that lose. The currency that you have is gone. It will it will be absolutely. You might as well uh, burn it uh, because Correct. it will. It, it's you know, it would be more efficient to provide you heat than trying okay, to. And, uh, I would accept canning lids and 22 caliber bullets and uh, uh, 12 gauge shotgun shells in lieu of payments for my services. And pretty soon, you know, we would we would have uh, good faith money once again to actually trade with. Well, that's that. You know, you make a valid point about you know trading for Thank guns you. and ammo and all that, and that's what you'd have to do. 
Well, originally a certificate of wheat or corn on deposit in a warehouse is what was the beginning of, of money, correct? Something along those lines, yeah. Okay. Ms. Barter. Now, on another subject, when I passed by your neighborhood yesterday, heading up to the Chicago area, I tuned in to uh, talk radio uh, looking for uh, commie-crat, uh, communist uh, talk radio, and I found one. I think it was like 810 on the AM scale. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to go into anybody else's radio station. Well, it's important to listen to what uh, people have to say that don't always agree with you. Yeah, I agree. That's what my grandmother taught me, who lived through communism and Hitler's Germany. Uh, and you ought to hear the way they talk about us. Do you know that mega people cannot complete a complete sentence without telling th at least three lies? Yeah, we know that, you know, we've got a saying here that uh, especially the people on the left at big government always think you're too stupid. They're always condescending. Holy Toledo, Brian, I'm like 10 seconds away, 30 seconds away from a... a yeah, we're coming going over. All right. Yeah. Uh, Herb, I got to run, buddy. I appreciate the call, but if I don't take this break, uh, all hell breaks loose. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It is the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 24 minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we're talking about uh, the amount of money that we have to throw at interest on the debt uh, and how uh, all this, you know, billions, all, all the money of all these billionaires. I mean, it's Bill Gates and uh, Kevin Griffith, Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, uh, George Soros. You put all their money into one basket and you go pay off the interest you come up short yeah, because it's that much interest. Uh, you, you'd think somewhere along the line that we would, uh, you know, wake up and, and stop the, the spending. But no, no, we don't do that. Uh, let me do this. Uh, it, it, when Donald Trump won uh, in Iowa and won pretty, pretty big, I don't know if you saw this uh, clip of Rachel Maddow, but they wouldn't play his speech. MSNBC, like it or not, is dedicated to news and talk. And talk is okay. You, you can have opinions. I have opinions. I share them all the time. But news is news. And apparently she didn't think Trump's speech was newsworthy. You, Brian, and always, uh, Brian and I always talk about that uh, you're too stupid mentality. Here's her quote uh, as uh, Donald Trump is making a speech. It's not an easy decision, but there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. And that is a fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And they didn't play his speech. Now, she comes right out and says, uh, it's not an easy decision. There's a cost to us as a news organization. This guy wins the caucus uh, and wins it by a record amount. And his speech isn't news? And how does she know exactly what he's going to say? 
she's the arbiter of truth? Uh, it, it doesn't... I, you don't understand. TDS is a serious, debilitating illness. And these folks at these mainstream outlets just can't take Donald Trump speaking. They just can't. It's news. Even if you disagree, you know, play Yeah, but the, they have to sit through it. <laughs> play the damn speech. If you think he said something wrong, take it apart. But they don't even want people to hear. They don't want people on the left to hear what Trump had to say. She announced that the network would let viewers know if there was any, quote, new, uh, any news made by his remarks. In other words, we're going to filter everything and not let you hear the whole thing. We'll be the judge of what you hear. And if he says anything, you know, important at all, we'll let you know what it is. Yeah. Uh, we'll be the... Uh, Arbiters of truth. Yes. It's frustrating that people don't... I mean, <laughs> how do you not recognize what they're doing? People on the left who are just listening to MSNBC, and I listen to MSNBC. I go to those other stations. I listen to what they have to say. I don't just look at the conservatives. But, the, you know, their people are locked out. They're not hearing everything. And you know what I think? I think that they're afraid if they actually hear what Trump has to say, they might agree with him. If they see him making that speech and recognize that he looks more lucid after hours and hours of campaigning and traveling and cold weather and and still looks better than the Democrat candidate, Joe Biden, it might give them pause. I think there is a method to their madness, and I think that's a good deal of it. The hubris of Rachel Maddow and the, and and NBC to say we're we're a news station, but we're not going to play the news. Well, you know what? Uh, start playing country music. Uh, com compete with CMT because you are not a news station. Man, that is just so arrogant. It, it is so condescending, and that's and that's how they look at you. They, you know, it's a joke, it's a meme, we play it all the time, you're too stupid, but that's how the left look at you. Liberals, progressives, right now who are listening to this program think you're an idiot and think I'm your idiot. I'm the leader of the idiots. That's what they think. Because they, you know, they know better. There are betters. How? irritating and condescending is that wow uh, alright uh, we've got uh, some more news that we got to share we got a news break coming up here but when we come back uh, affirmative action something that I've never ever agreed with uh, apparently there was some polling done and you'll be somewhat surprised at what some groups of Americans think about affirmative action. I was surprised, but I think I know why. 
We'll share that next on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35. Glad to have you with us. Uh, glad to be with you. There is a, a piece by David Blackman out of Texas talking about uh, their power grid. The Texas power grid is on the verge of another fatal collapse. And green energy is absent. Apparently, uh, this Arctic uh, snap is going all the way down to Houston. And, I mean, that's it's really... This global warming thing is really cold. And uh, as far south as uh, the southern tip of Texas, uh, they're freezing. And the Texas grid is apparently right on the cusp. They're, they're having a hard time uh, keeping up with the demand. The situation in the Texas power grid this week is going to be crucial test, not just for the grid's management at ERCOT, that's the electric reliability council there of Texas, but also for natural gas suppliers and generators uh, as weather conditions continue to evolve and deteriorate across the state, ERCOT has issued a conservation request uh, to everybody, I guess, businesses and private uh, consumers, private customers as well. Uh, their request blamed the latest failure of the state's huge wind industry on unseasonably low wind conditions. Uh, I guess the big little secret here is that when temperatures drop, uh, winds tend to die down. Uh, and it's, it's uh, apparently pretty well known in the history of weather. ERCOT officials cannot control weather conditions, obviously, but they, they can anticipate that they will get a lot less wind than their models predict whenever the weather is not ideal. It's just a given. So they, they, they've got a breakdown here because everybody loves solar and windmills and, and, oh, alternate energy. It's uh, carbon-free. Uh, equally obvious, this guy says, is that uh, they will get zero generation from the Ballyhood solar farms when the sun isn't shining. And ERCOT's managers should have learned that last summer that the battery storage facilities will also fail to deliver much whenever the weather is too hot or as it is this week, too cold. Brian, what happens to your battery when uh, it gets really, really cold out and, and it's, you know, not... Yeah, it basically runs it down to nothing. And uh, Yeah, how do you know that? Uh, I know that because it happened to me. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, when it gets really, really cold, your battery uh, doesn't want to wake up in the morning. <laughs> 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 kind of like me, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm told. Uh, so here is the um, the power breakdown. The state's generation uh, 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 mix taken from ERCOT's uh, own uh, app. Apparently, they have an app. Monday, uh, it, it, and it's zero percent contribution from solar. All those solar panels, when it's like uh, zero degrees and cloudy, and as of seven nineteen a.m. Monday, they were getting zippo, nothing from solar. They got zero point eight percent. From power storage, that's batteries, less than 
and just 6.8% from wind. Meanwhile, those evil fossil fuels, the ones that, you know, all the people on the left hate, they were generating 85% of the total electricity, with a whopping 67.2% coming from natural gas alone. Unbelievable. And yet this administration wants to eliminate fossil fuels. Yeah, well, they'd want <laughs> to mean, do it here in Colombia. What are you doing? doing? Yes. We got the zero target. Yes. Imagine what life would be like here in Columbia or in Jeff City or even down in Springfield if they accomplished this conversion from carbon fuels. With the weather that we've had this week, uh, you know what? If they do this, if they accomplish this zero carbon fuels thing, uh, I'm going to invest in a plumbing company. <laughs> I'm going to invest in a plumbing company. Um, they, um, the problem they, they said is worse, um, was made a lot worse with, with that last freeze a couple of years ago because ERCOT turned off the electricity to wells, compressors, and pipelines. So in order to pump natural gas, they need some electricity, which is generated with, by natural gas. But apparently, the last time they had that deep freeze a couple of years ago when they had all those rolling blackouts, they cut the electricity to the gas companies. So Texas regulators, uh, you know, worked to get the grid so that, you know, those, those things wouldn't happen again. They need the electricity for the compressors and to pump the gas. But they didn't provide them with the electricity to keep the motors warm and, uh, I don't know. Well, what is the hatred on the left for the nuclear uh, industry specifically? Is it the, the, uh, the waste? Is that what I the think, objection is? I think it's a two-part hate. I think part of it is what you just said. Getting rid of the nuclear waste is a, a bit of a problem. I think in Nevada, they're... They've come up with some some place to store all this nuclear waste in a mountain somewhere. It's it's been it was pretty controversial several years ago. Uh, so the spent rods are part of the problem. The other part of the problem, I think, they fear is a Three Mile Island. You know the 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 big meltdown uh, like they had in Russia. There's just no making them happy. Yeah, but how often do those things happen? I mean, these disasters do occur. I'm not denying that. But the, it's not very often at all. I mean, how many well, nuclear Fukushima. incidents do we have here in the United States lately? Uh, the last one I can remember is Three Mile Island. I, I think I they've remember. gotten very good at uh, processing, you know, nuclear power. They're just, they're much better at it. Doesn't matter, Brian. I know. But this seems like their happen. salvation if they only embrace it. No, no, no. We can't do that. Just stop using carbon fuels, Brian. Okay. Knock it off. What, what's the matter with you? We're all, <laughs> all going to die. 
we're gonna we're gonna boil to death. Look at how how hot yeah, it's know, been this true. week. Went down to the ocean uh, this summer and it was boiling. Yeah, it's boiling right now. <laughs> Look out! Stick your hand outside. It's boiling cold. Boiling cold. Uh, let's see. Is Randy on topic? He is. Yes. All right. Let's get Randy on board. Good morning, Randy. Hello, Gary. I uh, want to let you know that on the last uh, Texas uh, cold spot that went down through there, they shut the electricity off. Nobody really knows this, but there was about 700 people died from that. And it's funny because it never come into the newspapers or anything else. But I did extensive research on it. And you look at it. And there wasn't a lot of Texas that went out of electricity. But when it did, there was about 700 deaths contributed to it. Even though they said, well, they they uh, ran out of medicine on their trip. Well, they froze to death at home and stuff. But that's something to consider, too, when they lose the like they have a cold freeze down in Texas. They depend on wind power and, and uh, other stuff besides fossil fuels. Well, Randy, the, the columnist says uh, 300 or more deaths uh, in 2021. Uh, so whether, you know, maybe you're right, maybe it goes up as far as, uh, you know, five or 600. But here's the point. We know that more people die from cold than warm. It's always been that way, and it remains that way. If it gets too hot, you've got a greater likelihood of surviving than if you're stuck and it gets too cold. So they're killing us. That's right, and you can grow food and everything when it's too hot, but you can't grow it when it's too cold. And don't forget that CO2 when you're growing food. (laughs) That really helps. All right. Randy, thank you for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right, the clock's ticking. Brian's looking to push these buttons, and I'm going to let him, and we'll go back and wrap it up. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 10 minutes to 12. I, I just uh, checked Citizen Free Press, and Brian, uh, I got a, I got a serious concern here. There are uh, people who don't eat meat and animals because, you know, they communicate, they're alive, they're sentient uh, to a certain extent, I uh, guess. Uh, right. You don't want to, you know, if, if uh, you know, cattle can talk, we, sh- you know, communicate if they're alive and, and have brains and feelings, we shouldn't, we shouldn't eat them. But this is kind of disturbing because apparently they have discovered that plants do that too. Yes, I remember reading about that uh, a few years back, saying that plants, you know, feel pain when they're eaten or they're, when they're, you know, chopped up. They not only feel pain, they communicate with each other. Yes. This is interesting. This uh, First, they, they uh, did a study back in 1983 that intimated this was possible. But now these uh, Japanese uh, uh, scientists... Looked at uh, and 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 it literally found a way to dis- to decide if uh, and determine if they are actually able to communicate. Uh, and uh, what what they did is they filled uh, this container with leaves and cater- caterpillars, um, and uh, another chamber they had uh, containing uh, a common weed from the mustard family, and uh, that was genetically modified to make their cells fluoresce green. After detecting calcium ions, which serve as a stress messenger, apparently in plants, they then used a fluorescence microscope to monitor the signals 
the undamaged plants released after receiving VOCs from uh, damaged leaves. So apparently they are able to communicate with each other. So we shouldn't eat plants either. Give up meat and give up plants. Just eat air. And <laughs> the planet will be much better. But how do you communicate with the vegetable that's living in the White House? Uh, that um, they're, they're, They didn't see, they, they used this test on him. Uh-huh. And uh, nothing fluoresced. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing. Yeah, what's the old joke about uh, uh, Joe Biden and Jill Biden going to the restaurant and the waiter asks her, what will you have? Uh, and she orders her meal and, and he says, uh, and the vegetable. And she says, he'll have what I'm having. <laughs> yeah, all right, let me go to the phones on that horrible joke. Tim, good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Gary. How are you? I am well, thank you. Hilarious story related to this topic. I was invited to debate the head of PETA. I don't remember her name. It was many decades ago. She and I debated on the stage at Jesse Hall. I, at the time, was doing animal research. I'm a hunter. I eat meat. You know, the evil white guy. Oh, my. We took questions from the audience and, you know, they came up and belittled me and called me cruel and mean. And this one little meek college girl got up to the microphone and she said, I've given up meat and I'm never going to eat meat. But now I've heard that plants have feelings and I'm not going to eat plants anymore. What should I do? <laughs> and the Peter lady said, she looked at me and shrugged her shoulders, and she said, minerals? And I shrugged my shoulders, and I said, well, that's all there is left. And the little meek college girl walked away with her shoulders slumped hungry. <laughs> I'll, bet. I'll bet. No, no, no. We are supposed to eat meat. It's it's good for, oh, golly. I, anybody who doesn't think they should be eating a, a good juicy steak from CC City Broiler doesn't know what they're doesn't know what uh, they're ahead from a hole in the ground. All right. Tim, thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Take care. You know, I should have asked him if he won the debate, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. How that turned out. Oh, plants communicate and think. Yeah, Lord. All right. Before I run out of time, affirmative action. Uh, they did a survey. They did a poll. And I was... Frankly, surprised at the results. This is a Gallup poll. The share of Americans that think the Supreme Court's affirmative action ban is good. And this is by race and ethnicity. Politicians on the left should be listening to this because it's surprising. A majority of white voters, 72%, said getting rid of affirmative action was good. Here's a curious one, Brian. A majority of Hispanic voters, 68%, said getting rid of affirmative action is good. Wow. In fact, overall, the U.S. overall, 68% of Americans think it should be gone, it's, it's, it, it, that it's good to get rid of. The Asian community, 63% said getting rid of it is good. Here you go. Are you ready for this? A majority of black 
recipient or uh, 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 people that were interviewed for this, fifty-two percent said getting rid of affirmative action is good. So why are we still? I mean, if a majority of Americans, including the people who allegedly uh, should be wanting this more, want it to go away, why are we still doing this? Why is it ever, ever, uh, you know, mandated by the federal government? Here's the thing. When you have affirmative action, there is a, an insult that is delivered to any minority that has worked hard and accomplished their goals. If a black man or woman or a Hispanic man or woman achieve, you know, their dream job and they're successfully employed, they have to wonder, did they get this job because of their ethnicity or did they earn it? And that's a lingering doubt, I am sure, for a lot of minorities who, like everybody else, work hard and earn a living. So it's not surprising to me that a majority of Americans across you know, all the racial spectrums want to get rid of this. Because if they're successful, it raises doubts to whether or not they really earned it. Not surprising. Effects will become more noticeable in the coming months as the first full uh, cohort of students apply uh, for, the, uh, for admissions to school. 68% of U.S. adults overall view the ban favorably, according to Gallup. Well, maybe everywhere this will go away. Maybe everywhere it will go away. I would hope so. Uh, and, and it should take with it diversity, equity, and inclusion, because uh, that's another big loser. Uh, it's, it's essentially the same thing. It's an insult to people who successfully accomplish anything who are members of minorities. Whether it's a physical problem or, or the race, it's saying, you know, you might not have earned this. You might be here just because of that. Crazy. Coming up, before I forget, Glenn Beck is coming up right behind me on 93.9 The Eagle. He's followed by Sean Hannity, who will take you for your ride home. Uh, and Jeff City has... Uh, Buck Sexton. Yeah. All right, we got to run. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. And Gwen, baby, honey, I am coming home.